Welcome, everyone, back to a community of culture, The Feminist Perspective. And today, the title of this show is Love and Sex, Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And I think this one's going to be really interesting. Um, I love talking about sexual issues with with women because I think everyone has a different take on it. And everyone needs to be educated in the different perspectives perspectives that everyone have and today we have two new guests on the show we have brianna baker and amanda ross how are you ladies doing today i've been here before but hi again <laughs> i'm great how are you i'm doing awesome i'm, I'm excited uh we had aubrey and amani on uh before talking about feminism and job competition and double standards and stuff but today i think this one's going to be a really good conversation um again talking about sex and you know one of the first things that i always hear a lot is slut shaming you know slut shaming is a big thing in um in our community right now um why is it that guys can have sex with a bunch of girls but they can't be called a certain name but if a girl does that why are they called a certain name? And I'm just going to give you guys my take, and I'm going to ask you um, a question. Um, with some of the conversations I've had, especially with slut-shaming, the slut, the whore, the hoes, and all the other stuff is, you know, I used to tell people, like, my friends never cared. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, we're talking about uh, from the guy's perspective is that, you know, my friends never cared. As long as a girl was willing to have sex with them, then it was okay. Um, you know, it's been my belief that I think sometimes with slut shaming, I think a lot of times it really, in my opinion, I hung out with friends that we, you know, we didn't call girls sluts. We didn't care. It wasn't something that it was a big deal. But a lot of the f girls that were our friends made it a big deal, if that makes sense. So my thing is, I feel like the slut shaming comes more from the inner circle of women more so than men. What do you guys think? Well, let me ask you this about your friends. So you said that it wasn't really a big deal if a girl was considered a slut, as long as they were willing to have sex with him. But Bingo. were those girls that he would, um, you know, want to date, be in a long-term relationship with, or just, just down to have sex? Yeah, I just, I think that- That's where it gets very complex. Yeah. Because they might not have specifically said those words, but it's also a mindset. Not necessarily whether you've said, I think it's, a, it's, like, it's like racism, maybe not, the same thing but like it's it's a mindset yeah it's not whether or not you say racial slurs or anything it's do you think that way do you think less of a woman because she's willing to have sex perhaps a lot more than another girl or because a lot less than another girl because if she has too much then she's a slut if she has too little she's a prude it's it all ties in together so it's definitely a mindset too and you might not be aware of your friend's mindsets either but i definitely think with women it is uh I don't know. You want to help me out here, Amanda? Um, I kind of agree with what he's saying. It's it's self kind of it's self-imposed misogyny, and Thank it you. comes from the root culture of a male's perspective. Exactly. Though you may not have directly, you know, witnessed it, I will go so far as to say, you know, a vast amount of you know the male population does view quote-unquote promiscuous women as just that promiscuous as sluts you know you know might be fine you know to meet at the club or whatever but those are never the women they're considering for long-term relationships because they view them as tainted that trickles down to other women and then they start self-imposing these ranks within themselves 
um you know upon themselves too yeah exactly i've certainly felt that way before we're like oh my gosh you know maybe i'm a slut and it's very damaging yeah just hear girls talk about their number like you know even in discussions like with friends people become incredibly self-conscious and it's a major point of contention and would you think that would tie into um viewing sex as like a be-all end-all rather than some people view it as more of a of a casual activity not necessarily in a bad way but it some people i don't know and then some people view as like you know the holiest of holies well it it definitely becomes a source of identity for a lot of women especially young women especially in high school and in college Mm -hmm. um it's I mean, this might be getting, you know, off topic slightly, but just the subject of virginity, um, labeling yourself in terms virgin, not a virgin, it's considered such a milestone, um, you know, what the kind of sex and the frequency of sex that you choose to have becomes a major point of self-identity for women. I want to go back to the question that you asked earlier about, you know, I, I think it depends on the guy. Mm-hmm. I think it definitely you know when it and I it that the whole it depends on the person it to me sometimes it's such a cop-out because clearly we're all different people but we all have been raised in a similar culture too yeah, yeah exactly yeah we might interpret it differently, differently but, but it might still be there in the back of our head exactly and so I think from a guy's you know a guy's perspective is that I don't know and I don't want to speak for a lot of guys because everyone has different morals and they have different ways of they the way they go but I think also it depends on what age the guy is i think a lot of i think a lot of people forget that you know when you're a young guy you're trying to be a playboy you're trying to you know have as much fun as you want then when you're older you know if a girl's had sex with whoever i don't think it matters as much as long as you're in love with them and you're committed with them i think i think sometimes the slut shaming um you know guys do play a role in it but i just the way the way we grew up it just it wasn't something that was a big deal to us it wasn't like hmm well a girl's had sex with this many guys because whenever and i'm and i'm thinking more in high school because i think in college it's a little different but when you're in high school and you see a girl like it's promiscuous and is messing around with a lot of guys it wasn't like oh my gosh this girl's tainted like i wouldn't do anything it's like yo i'm 17 years old trying to have fun you know it wasn't man, that girl's a slut, but it was our friends that were girls that were more the, that girl's whatever, or that girl is, you know, she's fooling around too much or whatever. Because I think, and I, and I tell this to everybody, you know, I'm a black kid. So when it comes to gay rights, women rights, anything, you have to be inclusive. But I do think as well, people need to look within their community because I get blasted on some of my com- you know comments that I have about you know the black community and why they need to look inside themselves, and I think name calling is one of those things that you know a lot of people do it, but it's internalized racism. You need to internalize it and say, hey, what are we doing as a group or a culture to help people progress the stereotype? You know, because I tell this to a lot of my girlfriends, like, hey, look, I no problem with you doing whatever you want to. That's your body. That's whatever. But if you're calling them all this stuff or whatever, another guy is doing it, you better watch what you're saying because they're going to think it's all right. You uh, know? Women definitely do need to lift each other up. I think it just goes back to, you know, our favorite Mean Girls quote. You can't call each other sluts and whores because it just makes it okay for guys to call, call you sluts yeah. and whores. Yeah. 
Um, God bless I know at my high school, slut shaming, you know, predominantly like from the guys was was a pretty pretty big source of conversation at my high school. But you know, the the other women definitely, um, you know, like fed into it. And you know, like now we throw the labels around so much for virtually anything. I was reading E online, um, and you know, it's like a fairly like you know, banal story about someone doing something, uh, you know, a celebrity that's not even overly sexualized, like, I don't know, Sofia Vergara. And the comments below were, you know, just shocked me with, like, the level of, like, violence and, and you know, you know, whore, just completely sexualized. And it was completely upsetting. Culture. Yeah, and it was the username, you know, they could have been faking it, but the usernames, you know, men and women, and I was just kind of like, shocked that that level of of slut shaming even from somebody who wasn't even doing anything necessarily sexual was just outrageous how dare she have large breasts yeah or yeah nice yeah. hips as or nice i would hips. like to call them but you or know a seductive face see, I mean. and, and that's a, and that's another thing too is you know that that kind of goes into i don't it, not an extreme case of cyberbullying but that's such a punk move and i yeah. love i love when people are can get online and twitter and social media and say all these things but uh, Charles Barkley is one of my favorite people. He's like, he he, lo- he always calls them idiots. You know, these idiots are always online saying this or whatever. But I bet they would come say that stuff in my face because I would beat their. You and know, now the whole yeah. city of San Antonio wants to fight him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like, you know, it's so funny how people like, you know, can can hide behind a computer screen and stuff like that. And I know that's a, another. Um, topic for another discussion yeah. but you know that's so true like online you see it a lot of times you see like a lot of these celebrities um you know jimmy kimmel has that uh, mean, mean tweet. tweets or whatever and they read it and some of the stuff i mean towards women you're just like you don't even know it's, this person it's, you know? it's it's misogyny and rape culture just amplified because people might not say this in person they might think oh it's okay. but when you get behind that computer screen you have that anonymity behind it all your mindsets just it's just like it's just like a, a microphone of hate and yeah what shocks me is the level of violence that's what I'm that people saying. jump to so quickly yes. is is just alarming it's terrifying it's, it's just allarming and people view that as okay yeah and i'm sure we'll get that well she that is she is skanky look at her i know so it's okay for me to do this wearing some red lipstick yeah yeah, yeah. just <laughs> no yeah, it's funny, but there, there's another thing that you know that that kind of corresponds with slut shaming, and you kind of touched up on this a little bit. Is kind of vir- the virginity, you know, the which is a heteronormative. Do you want to talk about heteronormativity? Because I feel like that ties a lot into yeah. slut shaming and virginity. It does, and and you know the 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 biggest thing that I kind of want to touch up on with the virginity thing is how it's so different for a man and a woman. I think that you know for for a guy, you know, you're in high school you're in college or whatever and you lose your virginity and guys are like all right cool on to the next one you know it's, it's like this celebrated it, it, it's celebrated it's yeah. like a laissez-faire type thing all right well there's more to come you know but for women it's more of an intimate thing it's more you know um you, yeah, i hate talking about this i have a t- little 12 year old sister so it's <laughs> when, when we talk about something else i'm like oh but oh it's something God. that needs but, to be talked about. Yeah, definitely. Young, young girls. It's different for women. And, and, you know, I really want you guys to kind of expand on that and tell why why is it different for women? Why is, um, why is it that there's um, 
a value to it is it from society is it from communities is it from wherever like where does it start well i think it's important like you said really quickly that we talk about um what is heteronormative because what we think of as losing virginity is is, is very yeah it's very exclusive yeah. to a um a heterosexual relationship and it's um I don't know. What do you think about it? I can't really well, speak on it. Lesbian sex doesn't count, of course, right? I mean, that's sarcastically. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the, yeah. the thoughts. <laughs> but um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think where we can where we can go from this. But yes, virginity definitely is a very heteronormative construct, and that a a girl has been tainted or she's different when she has. Usually, we're gonna. It's it's usually assumed it's penetrational mm-hmm. sex. Right. Um, PIV, we can call it. Guess why? But is that, is that better? Or? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I just, you know, you brought it up. It was like an excellent point, to, you know, to touch on. And it's not all, you know, one thing. But you want to talk about the difference between, um, you know, men and women losing their virginity. Um, ask, you know, survey any host of women and ask them how many of them cried after their first time which is not cool yeah overcome with emotion um anything like that uh i think that just shows you the mindset that you know is prevalent in our culture for men and women it's it's not a source of celebration it's almost a source of shame and uh we've built so much of it up we've you know not glamorized it but we've you know made it into this you know, major milestone life event that um, it's become, I think, a major source of shame for some women if it wasn't, you know, perfect. And also, um, man, I just had this in my head. Gee whiz. Um, tying back into the heteronormativity, I, back into what you're saying about virginity, and I had this exactly perfectly in my head, and I'm trying to figure out how to, what I was going to say. Shoot. Um, but just saying about heteronormativity and virginity, it also tie. Wow, my gosh. Okay, I completely forgot what I was going to say. Continue. <laughs> ignore that. Just ignore that. That's it's, awkward. It's fine. It's okay. We, got, <laughs> we, we don't have all day, but we got some time. Okay. But like, <laughs> Excellent. Um, you know, for. And you know what's funny is that I, growing up in the background that I did, you, you have a lot of guys that do value sex. You know, they do, they do you know feel like they do need to wait till marriage and they need they need to need to um wait or whatever um but it's so interesting to me that over the years the conversations that you have with people and how every experience is different but how it's similar to a lot of people you know like I said earlier like for guys it's celebrated and it's and what what's kind of alarming sometimes is how young it's celebrated yes you know like it, it it surprised me like man 14 year old kid all right had sex that's cool on to the next one you know but like for women like that's not cool like it's not cool yeah. to lose your it, and to me i always ask like at, so at what point is a woman allowed to have sex because it's almost like even if you got married and had sex a lot, it'd still be like, well, you have that much sex? Like, you know? Yeah. Like, at what point is a woman allowed to have sex, but guys can lose it at such an early age? And, okay, here's what I was trying to say earlier, is also um, the virginity ties into a certain type of sex. You, It's not viewed as sex unless it's, like it's I said, like the- PIV, which discounts all kinds of other sexual interactions that can be just as meaningful. So, and that's also dangerous 
for men and women to have that to view that kind of sex as like the only thing you can do and that's very dangerous in that you know pregnancy stds and everything but it's 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 just problematic in that you view that as and that you have to do that at such a young age when you can you know and i hate i'm not saying i'm encouraging experimentation necessarily unless you're ready for it but it discourages experimentation and exploring your body and to appreciate and everything you have to do this act that could be potentially dangerous or humiliating et cetera, et cetera. it's that ties into the heteronormativity and the vir- this virginity construct you know virginity can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people so for say two 14 year olds to have sex like that may or may not be a good thing there's a lot of other things they could do to learn to explore their bodies and appreciate them but they have this imposed idea that they have to do this which is very problematic is that no absolutely and viewing it um exclusively as piv is i think a microaggression to um you know many members of like uh you know the different communities um you know when we just do you know minor things like the traditional quote-unquote form of losing virginity it's just you know millions of those things compound to create a misunderstanding of the different communities i think yeah i i uh, i agree with that and that's i'm glad you're you're bringing up pretty much sexuality because i think that's another thing there's two things that always bother me when it comes to virginity is everyone thinks it can just be between a man and a woman mm-hmm. uh, it's 2014 you should probably get over that thought process because yeah, believe it happens <laughs> different ways yeah and the other thing too is i've always been on the mindset and this is my opinion that i've had a couple of people tell me well i don't have sex but i do you know the oral sex or you know other other things and it's like well you know that makes me moral but to me like for me virginity is something that is not just about piv or penetration or male versus female but it's also experimenting too as well yeah i think if you're willing to do the oral things that come with sex and stuff like that how how do you separate that from the actual sex part and then the oral sex? Because to me, for me, it's the same thing. Yeah, sex I think is if, sex is I, sex. Yeah, see, if you're doing all the other stuff, too, like I feel like okay, you're you're having sex as well. I don't. know, That's my opinion. I don't and know. And that that PIV view discounts a lot of. We talked about this during the the gay and the mm-hmm. gay community, LGBT community. That discounts the these sexual and romantic relationships of a lot of same-sex couples, a lot of queer couples, it really discounts it. It views it as not not important or unnatural, et cetera, et cetera, which is very unhealthy. A lot of people who I, I, I know, I know, God, I know way too many um, lesbian friends and queer friends and gay friends, including myself, who thought they had to start with that. Mm-hmm. They thought they have to do that. Instead of allowing themselves to explore and actually be comfortable with themselves, they you have this imposed idea you have to do this, which is very unhealthy. So yes, definitely that that virginity complex discounts a lot of different romantic relationships. Like you're saying, you know, sex is sex is sex. It doesn't have to be PIV. And that discounts the romantic and sexual interactions of a lot of people, which is not cool. Because it should be something that that is that makes you feel good. It shouldn't be something that you're ashamed of necessarily. It should be something that you it's an ex- way to explore your your body 
and your feelings and how you view the world, just like any other bodily interaction. So, well. I think another thing too that needs to be tied in is, we you know, we're talking about safety. Mm-hmm. Um, sex education is a big thing um, as well, you know. Especially here in Texas. Yeah. Rolls <laughs> eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know, with, with you know, I, and I think, losing your virginity or sex and all that other stuff is comes with a great deal of responsibility as well Mm -hmm. i think people think it's like hey let's just have fun and let's just play around and let's just explore but it's like you know you got to be safe too there's a reason why there's birth control there's a reason why there's physical and emotional consequences exactly and i think that's another topic that needs to be hit one especially when you're talking about sex is the educational part i think a lot of kids growing up a lot of people in college like us and even to a T, young adults, I think sometimes really reckless, um, don't do their homework, trying to explore different things. And I think it's hurting society in a big way. Mm-hmm. This country has such a dangerous mindset and it's the don't ask, don't tell aspect of sex. And it's so weird in some you ways. you learn all kinds of bad things because you're never really taught what's what's correct necessarily not only is it dangerous health-wise you don't understand the mechanics of it you don't understand risks um but uh it's so damaging emotionally Mm -hmm. for people that can't seek the answers that they really need and just our attitude well it's really america's attitude towards sex is just so backwards compared to so much of the world I mean, in in Europe, they treat sex the way we treat violence. Um, not a big deal. Um, Often exposed de- de- to it yeah, at early desens- age, not in an erotic way. Yeah, but. desensitized to it. It's not uncommon to see like topless model on a billboard, whatever. Um, and then here, it's the opposite. Like we can show the most violent, upsetting things on television, but we show a breast, which is a non-sexual organ. And it's used to breastfeed children. Yeah. Everyone loses their mind. And it's, it's, I think, such a terrible idea. It's so bad. It teaches children shame and it doesn't teach them health lessons. And it, it just, everyone is so ill prepared for the real world. And so sense. you think, another thing, so oh. you think that, Sorry. no, no, you're good. No, no, no. Um, so you think that we should take kind of like a European aspect way of looking at sex, especially well, I think with sex education? We would have education. to look into the details of what their their program is because I don't know quite the details. But you are well, right. It's, I mean, it's, it's a lot different. It's than not. What we it's have. not like a pro. It's like an attitude. Right. Yeah. Sex. Right. Yes. Sex is Cultural a part of mindset. life. It's natural. Here's what it is. Deal. Go at it when you're ready and you think it's okay. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. It's a part of life, not a dirty, shameful secret. And that's what really bothers me. I'll never forget, you know, being in, what was it, fifth grade when we first had our, our first sex ed thing. They separated boys and girls. The boys knew nothing about how a girl's body works. The girls knew nothing about how boys' bodies work. Later on, we learned a few things, although I specifically remember learning a lot less about how a woman's body works and a lot more about how a man's body works. And it's, it's kind of scary when you go in, you know, I didn't learn, we didn't really learn much about our bodies and how sex works and all kinds of things sexually and romantic. I had to kind of learn like a crash course in college. You hear from, you know, this friend tells you this and this friend tells you that and this guy's like, oh, it's okay. And then this girl's like, oh, it's okay. You don't learn a lot of things and that's very dangerous. But it's, it always, it always shocked me. Um, 
I, I don't remember how we got into the conversation. This was with two guy friends at work. I remember how we got into the conversation. They brought it up, but they didn't know how a menstruation cycle works. And I was like, you didn't learn that? like no I'm like that's funny I learned how your anatomy works but you didn't learn that and it's that's just a small example of you have to know anatomy and, and health and everything to bring into those broader subjects of yeah we don't know much we're not taught much and it's like you're saying it's very dangerous and damaging with sex education you have a lot of people out there say at what point do you draw the line and say that a person is ready to talk about sex education learning the anatomy of a woman or learning the anatomy of a man because there's a lot of traditionalists out there that still say hey the reason why we're like that um the reason why we don't expose kids to that is because they're too young well you know? i think that you know when the puberty changes start to happen people need to be informed about their bodies absolutely fourth fifth grade that's a great start but i think with parents and this is how my parents always were with me when I came to them, I mean, you know, kindergarten people were talking about it in my class. And I came to them. I asked, Mom, what's sex? She asked me, what do you think it is? <laughs> you know, I explained what I thought. She didn't give me, like, the graphic, like, you know, rundown of what it was. But in, you know, fairly general terms, she explained it to me. And I think she did me an incredible service by doing that. She didn't feed me any BS about a stork or and like a hatching egg, anything like that. I think that, you know, as early as your kid is asking questions, you need to be prepared to supply them with some age appropriate answers. Absolutely. Because if a parent doesn't give it to them, they're going to get it from their peers and their peers are nine not times accurate. out of 10 are completely <laughs> misinformed. I think that school, um, you know, education needs to start as early as, uh, you know, fourth and fifth grade, like when, you know, girls are starting to get their periods, boys are starting, starting to experience changes with their bodies. You know, by no means am I advocating a fifth grade teacher with a fishbowl of condoms in the front of the classroom, but... But they need to know that when my body does this, is this normal? Yeah. Because I, a lot of women still don't know. They're Googling, is it normal for me to do this and this? Yeah. You know, you have to go to their gynecologist for things they sh that they should have learned in sex education, just basic things like, oh yeah, a lot of women do this and this. You're like, oh, really? Okay, so I'm not a freak of nature. And I think it's so interesting what you said about how we know almost like everything about male anatomy but women how it functions women's <laughs> system is just thought of as this complex like or series of like who even knows it sort of looks like the you know the texas longhorns logo like who like who even knows <laughs> who even knows what's happening with that like system it's of a scary cave and it's like it's 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 upsetting you know what's interesting about that is that Girls do know more about guys is, you know, how the anatomy of a boy works. I think there's two reasons why there is. Is that I think To be fair, it's a little more simple. Well, yeah. not oh, yeah, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> but I think one is I don't think a lot of guys are interested. And why could is that, that be because learning, they're taught it's something dirty and that they don't need to I think worry that's about what it is. They're, I they're, think it's, it's that it's they're not taught that problem. women women aren't important enough to learn about it. Yeah. Who cares? Well, okay, I I gotta be fair here. I don't think that's necessarily it. I think it's more like I agree with Brianna. I think it's more like it's thought of more as a I don't wanna say dirty because I don't think 
Well, it's 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 a place that it's 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 nasty or something. You know, it can be very negatively. And it's more of like, well, it's not my problem. So why do I have to think about it? You know, like, but it is your problem. You know, you have to handle it. Handle it exactly. And it's her problem, which makes it your problem too. Yeah, and I think, and I, I think that's where I think that's where a lot of it comes from. Is more like, I think guys are more like. You know, seriously, it's not my problem. So why should I care? Why should I be informed and about it's not it? Just why with should girlfriends, I? But your mother, your sister, your best friend, your friend's girlfriend—like it's it's another human being, yeah. and you should learn how their how their body works. I mean, that's where you came from, for God's sake. Yeah, and I you think, should learn what happens. I think the other thing too is the emotional aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of guys feel like, <laughs> and we we need to talk about this. I feel like a lot of guys <laughs> think that well. You know, the whole, oh, she is pissy today, so it must be that time of the month thing. No. Or it's, you know, the the emotional aspect that comes with it is like, guys go through body changes like, okay, well. Because I think, you know what's funny, too, is you were talking about how, uh, Amanda here was talking about how, you know, you went to your mom and asked questions. I want to know how many guys go and ask their parents questions. Well, I'm sure when you're younger and you don't have that sense of, you know, quote unquote shame, you're, you know, ask anything that pops into your head. But yeah, when you get older, I mean, I think that's just kind of like a what's taught to be masculine is kind of like don't ask questions. Yeah, just because I think figure that's, it out. that's the big facet, too, is that I, I think a lot of guys, the mentality is we're taught to figure it out. Don't cry when you lose. Don't show emotion when you're really upset. Which is very to, damaging. You know, try to hold it in. It's more so when it comes to the anatomy and sex part, it's almost like, no, you just need to figure it out. Like you're <laughs> you're sitting in that fifth grade class and you're seeing like whatever, like your voice changing this or whatever, and something's supposed to come out and all this other stuff, and it's like, all right, why are we? Because literally, I think a lot of guys when they sit in that class, they're just like, all right when can I go play now? I think there's a level of sensitivity with guys because of the way the thought process is with a lot of things. It's just, it's just interesting because guys <laughs> look at it at such I, a different, different point of view. I remember a lot of the girls in my class because at least, at least I, I know not all sex edu- education programs are like this. I, God, I hope not. But I remember in my specific one in fifth grade and def- we def- it was definitely a more conservative neighborhood that my school was in conservative middle class upper middle class so i mean they're not gonna which i don't know if that makes any difference but i feel like it would i think it does because i think if if you're if if you're in the hood i think there's a there's a big contrast from what you're learning in upper echelon middle class i'll tell you this because in in the black community their sex is a whole completely different thing because to be let's say like we've talked about this with the um with the gay perspective podcast you know how being gay and being black is really frowned upon Mm -hmm. because of certain things that we've grown up radical cultural exactly and that's how it is with sex you know with our the community at my school because we had a very large catholic church in round rock texas it's called saint williams it's very big i feel like most of the city goes there or at least half but a lot of people that went to my school went to this big Catholic church. So there was a, definitely a very Catholic or conservative Christian mindset. I remember a lot of the girls being looking terrified, including myself. I was terrified. They made it sound like we're going to be gushing blood and it's going to be so much pain. It's going to be so nasty and dirty and life changing. And, and then it happens. You're like, oh, OK. But yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I feel like you're saying with that mindset of, of men, you're like, oh, OK, well, and then. We were just we were taught it was gonna be something kind of scary, 
what's not i don't that's, know yeah that's the girls were so terrified to, to some pretty <laughs> serious like body shaming later in life the yeah. fact that like you can't say tampon out loud and all the guys will be like Ugh. tampon and you know what i mean like here like it's it's like it's fairly ridiculous i mean i'm looking back and i my in school education was absolutely terrible but luckily <laughs> i had my parents my mom in particular who was so wonderful about it you know it was a whole celebration you're a woman now let's go out to lunch like it was awesome I yeah I did that. it was like i think everybody should have that attitude tbh do but. you think that it happens that you know science tells us that women mature faster than men do you think that has something to play in that role that, you know, I, I don't want to say something like tampon, but like just guys maturing at a slower rate than women do? You it, know? It, it's there is absolutely no science behind that. It is completely based Cultural. on our culture. Yeah. And I mean, sorry, men's rights folks, but we baby men when it comes to stuff like that you know talk about things like tampons and periods and breastfeeding and it's just a whole situation it's it's ridiculous it's ridiculous and of course a, not all men but well there's a danger <laughs> anytime you subscribe a scientific reason to a something that ties a lot to culture and like you're saying i've i've seen very little science or probably a lot of botched science about you know women mature faster than men blah blah, blah. i feel like because if you look at a lot of other different cultures i don't know if you've done any research into matriarchal societies which is absolutely fascinating Limited. that was my big deal last year but um boys are are learning about uh, child rearing and stuff from a very young age. It's both women, men and women learn that kind of stuff. So it definitely, if you seeing stuff like that, it's like, I think it's more of a cultural aspect of maturation than it is scientific oh. at all. Oh, it's, yeah. it's cultural. From the beginning, very different paths are laid out for men and women. From birth, the way that boys and girls are treated by adults in society is completely different. Boys, rough and tumble, go play. Girls, don't mess up your dress. Why can't you have quiet time? Boys, you want are, this baby boys doll? are allowed to be rowdy for longer. They're allowed to be immature. They're encouraged to have a bachelor period, to marry late, to explore their options, to make money, to be selfish. Women from the beginning are not taught that. They are taught to be polite and thoughtful and put others before themselves. And, you know, you want to have a career, whatever, but don't you want to settle down and have don't babies? You want babies? They are yeah. taught from a very young age that they are the ones that have to be mature. They have to spearhead the family in that sense. You know, we may treat men as the figurehead of the family, but they are ran very much by women. And that's where we get this whole idea that men mature slower than women. It's a purely cultural construct and it's damaging. Absolutely. All right. So it's my passion speech for the day. <laughs> now that you just got an earful <laughs> of feminism. I, I, I listen to it. As Amanda's wearing, there's no cameras in here, which is sad, but as Amanda's wearing her hashtag feminist um, I should have worn mine today. T-shirt. I, I didn't know. <laughs> 
Um, represent. Represent. You know, and that, that ties into what we talked about in the previous shows, gender roles. Uh, you know, men are supposed to be the head of the household, make certain decisions and, and all this other stuff. And then, you know, women are supposed to nurture, clean, take care of the house and all this other stuff. And just kind of funny to me because, like. It's very limiting. Th- well, it's not just that. It's something that Amanda said that I was going to say later on is in society. And I don't care who you are. If you grow up in a two parent house, you, you see this behind every great man is a greater woman. Because you don't, because guys like, they can only do so much. When you're in a partnership, you don't realize how much your partner helps you. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, you see certain, like, I look at my parents all the time. I love them using using them as an example because they, you know, they make it work. Uh, you know, they have different styles. It's not orthodox. It's, it's something that, they're, that they do. But, you know, my dad, you know, hey, patience, what do you think? Where, where do you think we should do this? It's more checks and balances. Uh, you know, my mom, in, in, in an aspect, does say, you know what, go ask your dad, you know, because ultimately he's the one with the final say. But a lot of the times it's it's equal, you know. And I think as society grows older and our generation grows older, you'll start to see that gap start to shrink and shrink and shrink a little bit mm-hmm. where you're seeing a household where it's more equal. It's like, you know, because I always tell people, I'm not the one that's going to discipline the kids. <laughs> send, it to, send it to your mom because be trying to be Mr. Nice Guy. A lot guy. more openness as far as allowing mul- people to play multiple and quote unquote gender roles. Mm-hmm. I think that definitely redefines gender roles. We're talking about this once again with the LGBT yeah. um, podcast, but it's definitely re- it's redefining gender roles, um, especially with the introduction, the hopefully increasing introduction and acceptance of queer and same-sex couples. That definitely redefines gender roles, and hopefully that'll carry over into heterosexual relationships, too. Um, I don't know if that was relevant or not. No, you know what's funny? is We're talking about this, and my family dynamic is very similar to yours in mm. the sense that it is very much equal. I mean, I don't know. To be honest, though, my mom kind of runs the show. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, I think uh, sometimes dads are just like, oh, I don't really figure care. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. figurehead. I'm thinking about it as I'm sitting here. I'm like, I'll write my name damn, on this. I guess, I guess my mom does the bills and she decorates the house and she works full time and she grocery Sounds shops like my and family. she cooks most of the night. I'm like, damn, dad, what do you do? Yeah. Just kidding. He goes to HB all the time. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a Zen place. But it's so funny that we're talking about that. And I, th- I think that's the case in tons of households is that you know women are like you know not necessarily making all the money but like really running things inside the house and yet in the media there is still a very shitty like portrayal of a a heterosexual household like I don't know if anybody's seen the movie Neighbors recently, but um, I, sorry, I, will no, no, I don't know what's going on <laughs> but, in pop culture uh, anymore. They're, they're talking. They're talking about how one of them had to be the re- the responsible one in the relationship, and one of them got to be Kevin James, the the lovable sitcom yeah. man who just like messes everything up, and then the woman comes and cleans it up. That's how every sitcom is. There's the lovable buffoon, you know, the guy who's like, I don't even know, I'm going to the baseball game, and the woman who's <laughs> like, you need to get back here and help me decorate, and it's like, and she's always the nag but she is running things and I think it's so funny that like as our society like evolves we are still finding a way to 
make it a negative for women. She's, it devalues she's a very important and job. And yet they're like, she's such a bitch. Why can't she loosen up? Like, what a nag. But, you know, if she was, like, frivolous and doing whatever she wanted, they'd be like, she's immature. Doesn't she love her family? Like, yeah. Man, I We really, can't do anything right. I really avoided trying to do this because we did Sorry. it in the last episode. But this is such a prevalent question to every community, I feel like. Because we, we talked about this in the last podcast with Aubrey and um, Imani. Yo, this question of does society reflect the media or does the media reflect society is so prevalent because... Chicken or the egg. You know, I, I feel you on that. Like, in the media, and this is going to be a great crossover to rape culture because the media perpetuates this, I feel like, more than anything. but Tenfold. Um you know like in the media you see it's almost like you know when we're all in high school and we see like high school musical and stuff like that or you see like a big bull i mean there are bullies in high school i'm not trying to downplay that but i'm just saying that like it's such like this bully that runs the school in high school it's like that didn't happen at my <laughs> high school you know like no. it's, it's funny it's getting snatched and, and yeah. i love and i love how you say like the media and in hollywood like the stereotype of like a woman is such a nag it's like my mama ain't like that you know i'm a mama's boy so if anything i'm like running to my mom like tell her like you know she's the one listening to all of our problems all this stuff but yet it's almost like hollywood just ignores that and it's just like you know we're just gonna play the regular stereotype and yeah. it's it's so it's so funny to me how you know how that is and, and that ties in the rape culture as well how like oh man you know let me start on that because as here we go as even at first well as even as a guy some of this stuff just needs to stop like yeah you know just it's damaging for men and women mostly women but it's especially it's damaging for men and and i'm not gonna sit up here and try to act like i'm holier than now you know you see a good looking woman on tv you're wow she is you know she's great but then you're not gonna think about violently assaulting violently assaulting and and some of this stuff like you know it's crazy like i think there's you need to find balance like yeah you can be attracted to a person but some of this stuff that goes on you're like man and what's so funny is that like you know, I, I, like, didn't care. But, like, the older my sister gets, and I mentioned this on a lot, probably a lot of these podcasts, I always think about my sister. She's 12. She's growing. You know, um, she's fantastic. But, like, you're thinking of some of this stuff. You're just like, what if my sister became a model? Would I seriously want her doing some of this stuff? Yeah. Or knowing how some of these guys gawk at the woman and stuff yeah. like that? Oh, uh, I could go on and on and on, but I need <laughs> to let you guys talk <laughs> Well, rape, well culture. rape culture. Where do we start? Besides the fact that it encompasses everything. Well, let's let's start small. Not talking full out sexual assault, but let's starting out small. The pyramid and 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 the the little things that contribute to our rape culture. I'm just going to open it up with cat calls. Let's talk about that. Hey, baby. Smile. That those ugh. These nicknames, hey mama, hey baby. I'm like, no, actually I don't have any children and I'm a fully grown woman, so. It's <laughs> like, say low, say low I, mama. I'm, I'm speaking for myself, <laughs> but maybe I'm speaking for other women when I say there is something inherently scary about a man approaching you. Yes. And it's this theory called Schrodinger's Rapist. Right, right. I've and heard we, of this yeah, theory. We, yeah. we, we, we've I talked, think we've talked about, about this, this. yeah. Um, you know, I like Schro- that term. I have to use Schrodinger's that. cat, you know, the the uh, the theory. Um, the cat's either dead or alive due to a prior random event. You don't know if he's dead or alive until you look into the box. You don't know if a man is dangerous until he is. 
So all women have an inherent fear of men. So when you go to clubs and groups, you yeah, go to bars and groups. E- exactly. You get uncomfortable when a guy approaches you. You get scared when you're walking on a street at night and it's another man. And so when when men, you know, make comments and they make calls and they come up to you to try to hit on you and a woman, you know, get out of my face like ignores them and then you're the bitch for that? Get out of my face. Don't approach me like that. That's You're that's teasing terrible. them. You're asking for it. That's All terrible. these excuses too. Yeah, I think I think for a guy, I think guys guys miss the point when it comes to approaching a woman in a respectful way. Yeah. You know, and I and, you know, when you're with your friends, when it's guys you're privately, you know, that's a you know, I, that girl's bad, you know, like whatever. But I've never you know, with my friends, and we even talk about this, like in public, because for some guys, it's embarrassing. You know, when you have when you have that guy friend that is doing like, it's not like because I think there's a certain there's a fine line between having fun and then being a uh, being an idiot. You know, like going out there, catcalling, you know, barking at girls, like all that stuff, like stuff like that. That's not funny. You just look like an idiot. You look like it's, a buffoon. It's but not it's, a compliment. It's an, a, it's an assumption that. Which ties into rape culture that we want it. Yeah, exactly. We and I don't think validation. any girl And don't wants that. get me started on when a guy finds out you're gay. Well, there's there's, there's tons <laughs> don't. of no. There's there's tons of of situations where it's perfectly acceptable to approach another person. That's you know yeah. it's wanted, but more often than not, in your day to day life, you're walking down the street, you're on you know a public transportation, you really don't want to be approached, and it's dehumanizing yeah is he gonna view me as a human being or is he gonna view me as another lay or whatever he wants to do with me i think also for for guys um you know gay or straight it it, it depends on the crowd that you're hanging around with too as well like for me i'm gonna hang around with i love hanging around people with common sense because i love getting into arguments and debates about politics and stuff like that and to me it's almost like i feel like they have more common sense they know what's going on in the world so they have more of respect because i think where it really lies down for a guy plain and simple is just respect i think guys which comes are from taught, education which too. comes yeah it does come from education but at the same time it comes from the people that you're around you know family life and there's no excuse for it but i think guys should know at a certain age like okay you know if you really think that this girl is beautiful or she's hot or whatever your thing is you know, you approach her in a way that's respectful. Hey, try small talk. Do this, do that, wherever you're and from. And understand, she might not be interested, and, and that she, doesn't make her a bad person. Exactly. So, and I know for a lot of guys, and I think from a guy's point of view sometimes too, you know, and I'm not justifying it at all, you know, a bit, and this is issues that we need to talk about as well as, you know, guys sometimes when they go out in the clubs like, well, you came out here, you're with your girls, there's a lot of single guys out there, you know why guys are out here and stuff. It's a sense of so, entitlement. Yeah, exactly. Not cool at That's all. That's a good point. It's a yeah, it's a sense of entitlement because you're out here, I'm out here, like, so what's wrong? You know, like, why are you not, not so much why are you not interested, but you're rejecting me, why? Or why do you want to dance? Because it, it does work both ways, though. It does work both ways in that f- fact that I think there are some guys that respectfully will come up to a girl and say, hey, you know, um, do you want to dance or whatever? And it goes into like, why are you approaching me? I think sometimes attitudes both ways in that aspect sometimes can be worked well, out. Well, that gets back to what she's saying. It's something taught. I'll, I'll use an example. Um, me and my girlfriend and her cousin, our friends, we went out to uh, we went out to Sixth Street. What was it Thursday night? And um, a man approached me. 
he approached all of us. He sat down. And first of all, we were sitting, we were at Pete's Dueling Piano Bar, which is fun. We were all sitting there enjoying the music. And I think I was the only one boogieing because I'm just one of those people. But he came up to us. And first of all, he asked, y'all don't look like you're enjoying yourselves. Why don't you smile? Which that right there, I was like, uh, but you seem like a really nice guy. And um, I went up and he started talking to us and they all act like they wanted to leave him alone, which that gets back to that assumption that he wants something out of them. We have this assumption because it's, it go, like you said, it goes both ways. I, most men are potentially more likely taught that sense of entitlement and we are taught that they have that sense of entitlement and that scares us. So he asked me if he wanted drinks. I went up and got a drink. My friends, the first thing they asked was, why would you do that? You want to lead him on? I said, well, my thinking is, and I understand this, and he seemed very nice. He didn't go in after me or anything, um, but he did buy me a drink. And I told him, I said, he owes me nothing. I owe him nothing. Right. He offered to buy me a drink. But then I realized, wow, they are right. I may think that way, but a lot of men don't think that way. They think, yeah. I bought her a drink, thus she owes me something. Yeah, and I can tell. use a lot of excuses that I want. I shouldn't have to use an excuse, first of all. But it definitely, that's that's why I saw all these dynamics playing out was, wow, this is how they think. This is how, I, I assume he's thinking this way, but he might not be thinking this way. I shouldn't have to think that. It should be, a man wants to buy me a drink cool beans we can talk like human beings without any potential potential sexual interest at all sadly with this with this rape culture that we're talking about you have these mindsets that he might be thinking that way i'm thinking that way they're thinking that way or all thinking a certain way and it's unhealthy it's it's the objectivity of women. i just wanted a free drink <laughs> That's what it gets down to. I got a free drink. I want a free drink too. <laughs> it was a, it was a, it was a nice ten dollars shot. I was happy. It's Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> I must have really liked it. For real? <laughs> no, no, I'm lying. I actually told him to get me the cheapest beer. <laughs> I bought myself a ten dollars shot, which is stupid. It's they didn't the, have price tags. It's the objectivity of women, and that's what contributes to rape culture. The less we the less we view women as people you know the the stronger the culture becomes you know there's you know people love to you know anti-rape like you know she's somebody's sister she's somebody's mom well women aren't just their relationships yeah. how about don't do it because she's a person like yeah. it's a humane thing to do <laughs> yeah 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 don't it you know back to sexism don't not hit me because i'm a woman don't hit me because i'm a person who I'm doesn't like to be being. hit yeah. yeah and you know we were talking about slut shaming earlier slut shaming ties back into our rape culture she was asking for it because she's wearing that short skirt or because Why? she slept with so many people yeah. or because yeah. she's in a relationship because so she she's can't a say sex no. worker you know, if, yeah. she, if she if she didn't want it, why was she? You know, why was why does she have her boobs out? But and you don't what, know the circumstances you know what, ever. You know what's funny about that, and this is where I think the media kind of plays into it. And I and I hope that people listening and, and that you kind of hear me out here. You know, it really is split down the line how guys think when girls dress. I I am telling you the total truth. I would not lie about this. I think there's this perceived notion that like. A lot more guys see girls wear um, like a short dress or something like that where they have their boobs hanging out or whatever and a guy's like man that girl's or whatever you know but like a lot of times when you're when you like a lot of guys when they go out and they see a girl dressed like this like okay you're just trying to have fun like legitimately like there's a lot of guys that are like you know they're just trying to have fun they're trying to look good another thing you want to question is why do we feel the need to dress like that which ties back into rape culture, but that's a whole nother subject for a whole nother day. And there's and there's a whole lot of reasons that you can be dressed, you know, with more skin showing. You know, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with dressing in a way that elicits 
consensual sexual attention or Some, it shows more yeah, skin some, sometimes it's a lot more comfy sometimes sometimes you want to get sexy so so guys you know will approach you at the club totally like normal like place for that to happen sometimes you dress because I'm feeling really good about my body. Like, why not show it off? And sometimes, you know, a lot of times, you know, girl, so you dress for a guy, you dress for yourself. Girls dress for other girls. That's why I get dressed because, I mean, I want somebody to compliment my shoes. I don't. And that's why I get dressed. I will say, I don't care care if, if, you know, if the guy likes it, but, you know, if if, if I'm in the bathroom and a girl is like, those are some hot boots, I'm like, like, girl, you work in them shoes. Thanks. He's like, I am. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, it doesn't matter. The point is, you know, no matter how you're dressed, even if you are dressed, you know, to, like, sex it up a bit because nothing wrong with female sexuality. Um, or, God forbid, we actually have a body underneath our pants yeah, and our clothes. That, that doesn't that mean... That is non-sexualized. That, that doesn't mean that, like that it's inviting unwanted sexual attention yes you know it's the same thing with a sex worker a prostitute can still be raped before absolutely before we wrap this up a little bit because rape culture is something that we probably should have done its own episode it is a big hot mess of everything it is and um one thing that i do want to talk about before we get off is love how it's perceived differently between men and women i think um uh, for a, from a guy's uh, point of view, when you say you love someone, it's like and even oh. for even for women too. I, I feel like too, but for guys, it's such a big commitment. Like you're getting married now, you know. Yeah. Instead of just I was actually talking to my friend about this the other day about the the usage of of the word love. The English language escapes us when it comes to oh yeah because there is so many different types of love oh, yeah. and this when we say I love you it has such a intense connotation to it. When I think you are capable of loving many people there might just be different intensities of love. Yeah. I actually had another friend describe love in a very very interesting way as like all your friends are like slices of a pizza in a big pizza box. Mm-hmm. Some of them are going to get more toppings metaphor. than others and that's like the degree of love. Some people are going to get like like whole veggie combo and meats and everything on it that might be the person you love more than anything else in this world yeah that's me and some people might <laughs> yeah. and some people might have just like cheese yeah, sure or sauce but you, you love them but you're not like i go out of my way for you i i i eat you up you know so yeah i thought that was a really good metaphor so i like i the love is such a tainted word it the oh, and other I think languages have I know, like, French has multiple different words for multiple types mm. of love, and we're just like, love, uh, which like, I could be friend love. love, that could be I want to get married to you love, it could be, like, I really appreciate being in a relationship with you love. Like, love ya. Yeah. <laughs> like, that L-U-V, which can even not be, it can be meant sarcastically, too. What I think is really interesting about love and, you know, I always hesitate to use terms like the genders, the sexes, because I don't want to be heteronormative thing about love across everyone's identities is uh i think that women are taught that love is what you should aspire to yeah Yeah. above everything else like you want to get married and you want to have babies and you want to be the ones to raise them because god forbid you get a nanny you're a bad mom god forbid you not have children or god forbid you have a sexual romantic relationship that doesn't end in love it exactly love is the be all end all for women in our society it's what everybody wants with a guy like let's just look at like george clooney for example 
doesn't settle down. What a cool bachelor living his life. Like George Clooney's living the dream. And then so he does that this whole time. And then he gets a girl and it's like, wow, like she stole his heart. And He's then, settling down. A, a, like yeah, she a, captured a woman, him. A woman does the same thing the whole time. Like it's either she's a slut. She's career mind. It's too career minded. She just can't get a man. Or and she's she, a gold digger. Yeah, or, yeah. She's snatching then, him up. I got you on this. I got you on this. And then she settles down. She settles down at the same age as George Clooney. All right, Kanye. She, <laughs> she 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 didn't settle down. She settled. Yeah, she settled. Yeah, and and I can and um, any guy that disagrees with what you just said is an idiot because every guy aspires to. We achieve love, been there, done quantity that. Quantity over quality. We need new one. Exactly. We need something new. We're so like, taught quality over quantity. Exactly. Way over. Oh quantity. yeah. When it comes when it comes to love, I think guys have it a lot easier. I think it's it's easy for guys because they can cop out and it's a cool thing to do. But for women, it's like yeah, you're you're a slut. You don't know what you want in life. You're indecisive. You're yeah. a gold digger. You're undesirable. Yeah. Okay. You're. You, you're, you know, you, no one wants her. We joke about yeah. the MRS Tainted. degree. Like, yeah. you, you know, she's just in it to, you know, for the guys. MRS make, degree. <laughs> yeah. We, we never just, heard that before. That's beautiful. And there's nothing the wrong with wanting love in your life. And there's nothing really wrong if that's all if you're you not want in your life. you're not interested in that either. But it, yeah, but that's, that's not like everybody's hat like and people progress at different rates this goes back to allowing other people to explore their options god forbid we allow women to explore themselves and how they feel about the world and that ties also back to heteronormativity and everything we also have such things as asexuality which totally discredits all that that's a whole nother subject for a whole nother day i think we talked about that with lgbt podcast but definitely definitely love this show love this show a lot you guys have any final thoughts before we get off um i just want i don't know what i'm gonna say i'll just go off on a tangent you know what thanks for having me otis i'm glad i was here (laughs) (laughs) uh respect your body learn about your body and explore your options and don't be ashamed of it and i'm brianna signing off <laughs> the way brianna said respect your body i thought she was telling that to me so i was like <laughs> respect <okay>. your body <laughs> girl trust me i own this okay <laughs> Uh, no, but it um, took me 21 years to tell myself that, which is depressing. Everything I want to say, I'm afraid we touched on in another, in another thing. Yeah. Hey, def- repetition is good sometimes. Oh yeah, it is good sometimes. I think people heads. need to understand that there's de- a debate going on. For me, I-, I love doing this stuff. Um, I learn something new every single time That's I'm on a goal. podcast, um, especially a girl's point of view, a woman's point of view, a young lady's point of view, however you want to chop it down. You're learning something new to educate yourself and get better, and I hope you guys are doing. If you have any comments about the podcast, you can leave it on our website at universitystar.com, and we'll be on Tumblr, and you can ask Tumblr. I've been Re-blog. told is, is, is the the normal response for Tumblr. So Don't send us any <laughs> anon hate, please. Yes, please. It's going to respond with a sassy Real Housewives joke. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but for Brianna Baker, Amanda Ross, I am Otis Evagon, And like I always tell you folks, I will see you later. Bye.